Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Who's the Bad Guy on the Overthrow Radio Network. This is Dave Gahari, and my show is on Wednesdays from, well, my time. I'm in the central time zone, so from 10 to 12, that's the max amount of time it could go. Sometimes it goes shorter. Sometimes it goes a little longer. But today, it's not going to go from 10 to 12. It's going to go from probably about 10 to 11 max. My guest is, has only got a half hour. He's a busy guy. He's trying to get some stuff accomplished. And we're going to hear all about that in a moment. Let me tell you that the Overthrow Radio Network here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, we have a bunch of great hosts who bring very interesting programming to your ears through Blog Talk Radio. And let me tell you a little bit about the hosts right now. Let's start on Sunday, because that's kind of the beginning of the week. On Sundays, we have... Tara Beth doing her show, Harvesting Truth, and that's from 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll give you all Eastern Times, even though I'm in the Central Time Zone. Mondays, we have Paul Angel's History Today, and that is from 10 to noon Eastern Time. And on Wednesdays, my show, you're listening to Who's the Bad Guy? That's from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. And on Fridays, we have The Farm, which is Political news from a Main Street perspective, that's Chris Petherick. He's had a bunch of great guests on recently, so check that out. Go to overthrowradio.com, and you'll see all that. And he has the archives set up as well, so you could click on archive shows, and and then you can uh, listen to the older programs. And we've all had some terrific guests on there and terrific topics that you're not going to hear through the elite media. So let us get to our guest today. He is Wolfgang Halbig, and just a couple years ago, he was just your average unknown person, pretty much. 
living in Florida in retirement, and then something happened in December of 2012. Jeez, it's that long ago, huh, Wolfgang? This is 2015 now, where today is uh, July 22nd, 2015. Something happened in 2012. I think it was December 14th, 2012. There was that Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre, which a lot of people do not believe it unfolded the way that they want you to believe it unfolded. When I say they, I mean the government and the elite media, because they usually work in tandem now, unfortunately. It didn't used to be like that. And that's why all of these alternative, which is what their known programs crop up. And Wolfgang, thank you for coming on today. I know you only have about 30 minutes, but thanks for coming on to talk about some, some of the latest developments. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it, Dave. And uh, again, I look forward to our conversation today. Yes. Now, let's go back because we are on a different format, a different venue than we usually speak on. We usually do uh, taped audio interviews. This is live. It's on on a um, probably uh, the most listened to internet radio network in the country, Blog Talk Radio. Why don't we start from the beginning, December 14, 2012, Sandy Hook Elementary School alleged massacre happened, and your background, if you could explain your background to the listeners briefly so we can get into uh, the new developments, explain your background and what piqued your interest and what really set you off on your quest. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, I've spent 36 years of my life in public service, and Part of the public services, I've been a Florida State Trooper, I've been a U.S. Customs agent, and eventually, you know, I got into education, and I became a teacher, head football coach, uh, became a dean of students, assistant principal, principal of an alternative schools where I had students that committed felonies, they've all been expelled from public schools, and our school was designed to give them a second chance. And I can promise you this, it was probably the best learning experience for me. And uh, it, it made me who I am, understanding those kids and their heartaches. And, and eventually, you know, in 1999, uh, I became a national school safety consultant. I traveled the country. I worked for the U.S. Justice Department. I've been trained uh, as an active shooter response. I mean, I spent two weeks going through all of the training classes. And, you know, and all of a sudden, as you said, you know, here comes the day, December 14, 2012. I walk in, and I see across the news, flashing news, breaking news, shots fired at an elementary school. Dave, I can tell you this. I couldn't move from that television. It had me hooked. And I couldn't believe that someone, someone would actually go into an elementary school and shoot innocent children and teachers. Mm -hmm. And so you, you saw how it unfolded, but it didn't seem quite right. Well, it took me actually about a week because, you know, when you get entrenched in such a story and everywhere, 24-7, I don't care where you turn the television on, that was the story, you know, and and then you started getting into the funerals and the obituaries and the heartaches, the candlelight vigils, and I mean the national news media pounded this story day in and day out, and Dave, I actually sent a check about three, four days into the tragedy, I actually sent a check to United Way Western Connecticut, you know, saying, hey, 
Here's my donation. I understand being a national school safety expert. I've been to Columbine. I've been to Bethel, Alaska, Jonesboro, Arkansas. I mean, Paducah, Kentucky. I know what tragedies are, what they look like, and I know one thing, the healing process. It's going to cost money to help those communities heal. So you start to ask questions, and what happened? Well, really, it's not, you know, what really triggered it is the fact that I just got through doing the workshop in Tampa, Florida, for over 200 Florida school board members on behalf of the Florida School Board Association. And, you know, all these school board members, I mean, I can't tell you, they, they, they had concerns. They didn't want to have a Sandy Hook in their community. They were asking me questions. What do we do? What should we do? What do we need to do? What kind of... What kind of equipment do we need to buy? You know, and so I didn't have the answers, Dave. I just, I just didn't have them. So I said to myself, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to start asking some questions using the Connecticut FOIA laws, trying to be very respectful. And so I started asking questions like, you know, where were the trauma helicopters on that day? Think about it. Children, 20 of them have been shot, six teachers. And we don't see any trauma helicopters ever landing at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. They've got this huge field. I mean, there's room to park the helicopters. So I actually had to call the, the Lifestar helicopters in Hartford, Connecticut. I wanted to know why they were negligent. Why in the world would you people not send those the best medical care the child and teachers could have? Why would you not send it? Anyone her answer was, she's the executive director. Mr. Halby, we never, ever received a phone call. You know, I was angry. I was angry because that's what we do. We get medical care as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, it seemed logical. So you asked this bunch of questions, then what happened? Well, you know, I guess somebody, somebody didn't like my questions. You know, why not the paramedics and EMTs in the school all day? Who declared all those children and teachers legally dead in 11 minutes? And I was simply using the laws of Connecticut to try to get some answers. Who were the incident commanders? The next thing I know, Dave, it's a week before Christmas in 2013. I have two homicide investigators from my own community sheriff's department come to my house and threaten me. I mean, I want you to know they threaten, they try to intimidate me, and their basic demeanor was, you better stop asking questions about Sandy Hook or the Connecticut State Police are going to come here and arrest you. Now think about that. I'm a naturalized U.S. citizen. Greatest privilege I have is asking questions. Uh, yeah, you would think so. And so this is the event, really, that set you off here. It really got you thinking that, geez, if they want to shut me up for just simply asking questions, then they must be covering something up. Well, think about it. Logically, why would the Connecticut State Police contact my local sheriff's department? And Dave, I was running for county commissioner. Everybody in Lake County, Florida, they basically know who I am. I, I was the director of risk management for the Lake County School Board. My job is the next school city. And here I've got my own sheriff's department threatening me that I'm going to go to jail if I don't stop asking questions about Sandy Hook. Now, you know what my point is now? 
I hope that every person listening to your show today asks questions. Do not hesitate from using your freedom of speech and getting the truth. Because what the government is depending on today, just like Obamacare, you know, the architect, he actually taught me something. The architect of Obamacare, when he was at a news conference, actually says, well, the American people are basically lazy and they're stupid. They're never going to read this document about Obamacare. And you know what? I think that applied to me. I think I was lazy. I think I am stupid because I didn't bother to take the time to read those documents. And now we have what we have. I should have done a better job. And I only hope that every one of you listeners, law enforcement, teachers, educators, parents, grandparents, do not hesitate in asking questions because something like this could happen in your community. Okay, so, you know, you've been on a wild ride here, and I was on part of the ride there when a bunch of us went up to Newtown, Connecticut, and that was, geez, I guess that was May of 2014. And then after that, I guess a significant thing that happened was that you went in front of the Connecticut Freedom of Information Commission. And why don't you just uh, give a brief uh, synopsis to summarize what happened in front of the Connecticut Freedom of Information Commission? Well, you know, you think about that. When you go into that hearing room and you've got five commissioners serving, you know, on behest of the governor of Connecticut, that these people are going to be your safeguards for your rights, especially when the school board of Newtown, the Newtown Police Department, the city of Newtown, they have refused to answer any of those Connecticut four-year questions. So I'm thinking, oh, dear God, I finally got here. It's only taken me two years. I have five people that are actually going to care about the truth. And I can tell you this, Dave, those gentlemen could care less what my attorney, Kay Wilson, and I had to say. And one of the biggest issues, now think about this, your listeners. Why do police officers put dash cam videos in their police vehicles? What's the purpose of it? Well, they put it in so if something bad ever happens to them or to people that they're stopping, those dash cam videos, their date and time stamps, can be used in the court of law as a chain of evidence. Do you know that's what one of my requests was, is to get a copy of Lieutenant Cinco's official date and timestamp video, and to this day they refused to give it to me. And we asked those commissioners, those gentlemen, help us, let us see a true and real copy. Do you know they denied our request? And then the next thing we said, we'd like to have the opportunity to uh, have two witnesses appear, which the attorney for the other side, I think about it, we're issuing subpoenas, $300 a pop. And the other attorney for Newtown School Board, he tells our witnesses, which are under subpoena, that he directed them not to show up. Now, this is a guy who's an officer of the court. He's supposed to follow the law. And you know what, Dave, those commissioners could care less about what we thought. And then we find out that the commissioners actually had the power to issue subpoenas, and they lied to us in, open, in an open hearing saying that, oh, no, we could never do that. The law says they could do it. They chose not to help us. 
Yeah, it seems like they have their own set of laws. Uh, there's two sets of laws, one for us and one for them. Well, it's not. It seems like it is. It's very clear. So you went there, and you know, it, it didn't really unfold the way you wanted it to because they covered it up. And I watched a bunch of the video and saw that because that was filmed. Fortunately, some some folks went there. A, a, a movie team went there, and and you also caught the governor of Connecticut lying, which was something that most journalists wouldn't be able to do. And that was quite a scoop. What, what happened with that? Well, you know, if people will go back and take a look and go to YouTube and Google the national news conference that Governor Dan Malloy did on December 14, 2012. Now think about it. He's got microphones everywhere. I think the world is watching this event unfold and everybody wants to hear the governor you know, in his response. And the first thing that the governor, which really caught me by surprise, he said, well, the lieutenant governor and I were spoken to that something like this might happen in our state. That really caught my attention being the person that I am and the work that I do. So I said, you know what? I want to know who told that to the governor. So we took our film crew. We went into the governor's office. Dave, I met the governor eyeball to eyeball, and I simply looked at him and I said, Governor, I told him my name. Can you tell me who was the person that told you and the lieutenant governor that something like this might unfold in your state? He said, I never said that. <laughs> I said, Governor, you look great on television. I just came here all the way from Orlando, Florida, just to ask you this question. Who told you and the lieutenant governor that something like this might happen. He said, I never, ever said that. And then guess what? We catch him in the lie. All you have to do is look at it. He said it. And if the governor in the state of Connecticut is willing to lie, now think about the commissioners at the hearing. How about all the people below him? The governor lies, so why can't we lie? Uh, sadly, yes. And that was, that was a major coup, Wolf. Congratulations on that for doing Well, I never thought that I would actually run into the governor, but it, it was a day that I will never, ever forget. And, uh, and, right. the, people, and the people need to know that. You know, it's, uh, well, you ran into him, but the point is, is that why couldn't journalists who were based in Connecticut have done the same thing you did? Well, right? I, think, well I, think, I think in my heart, I mean, I'm 69 years old. And I've been asleep for a long, long time, you know, and uh, had those two homicide investigators not woken me up, I don't think you and I would be talking today. And I think, it, I guess, it must, I think for, in, uh, in order for people to understand what you and I are talking about, maybe it'll take police officers going to everybody's home and threatening them, taking their guns away, telling them they have to have psychological evaluations. I, I think it's going to, I mean, we need to wake up. I mean, I've been asleep. I've been as stupid as can be until those two guys came to my house. And I can promise you, I opened up my eyes, I opened up my heart, and I'm only looking at facts. What I think doesn't matter. It's not about my opinion. It's about facts and only the facts. Right, exactly. So now, and well, let me just say this before we move on to the NFL. You have um, obviously uh, touched the lives of many people out there, not just 
not just uh, in the United States, but across the world, because that first interview that we did that went viral, you were getting calls from Europe. So there's a lot of people out there who love how you're grabbing this thing, grabbing the bull by the horns and, and doing what you're doing. Uh, the NFL here, what happened was that ostensibly a bunch of students from Sandy Hook, I guess, went to the Super Bowl. When was that? Why don't you, you know, give the, give the listeners a background on all that? Well, you know, <clears throat> December 14, 2012, we had the tragic incident unfold. Then on February the 3rd, 2013, the National Football League, I actually now have a news article which now verifies that the National Football League paid for the plane tickets, the hotel, the lodging. These children, 26 children from the Sandy Hook Elementary School Choir, the chorus teacher, and all of their parents, the National Football League flew them into New Orleans to sing during the pregame. And if anybody remembers, when they're on stage in the middle of the field with Jennifer Hudson, and I mean, what a famous singer. I love Jennifer Hudson. You know, they're singing, you know, America the Beautiful. And, uh, and it just sort of got my attention to where, well, Sandy Hook Elementary School Choir. Well, that's got to be a field trick because when you're introduced like that, you're representing the Newtown School Board. You're representing the school, Sandy Hook Elementary. You're representing your community. And I said, my God, look at this, 110 million people watching, 70,000 in the bleachers, giving them a standing ovation. And Dave, now I find out that those children during that day or their three days at the event, they were giving a gag order by the National Football League and CBS Sports that they can never, ever talk about their experiences at the Super Bowl to any media. Now, who in the world would do that to fourth graders? It's the greatest day in their life. It's something that they should enjoy. And now they're having to suppress it. They've got to keep it inside. I'm sure they've been threatened. You know, and how healthy is that mentally for those 26 children? I, I don't know. Why would, I mean, has something like that ever been done before? I, Dave, I'm a, I'm a school administrator. And the one thing that we do, we promote children from K through 12 every chance we get. We take them in front of school board members. We tell them what a great job they did, what great test scores they have. When we win state championship football, baseball, or basketball events, or any other kind of sport, we recognize their excellence. They, these children saying on February the 3rd, 2013, Two days later, in Newtown, Connecticut, the Newtown school board members are having a school board meeting. It starts at 6.30. And it's, you can actually go back and look at it. It was televised. You can actually pull up that day and see what they talked about. Dave, those school board members and that school superintendent never, ever mentioned one word about those 26 children and what a great job they did representing the Sandy Hook Elementary School Choir. Now, you tell me, who would ever do that? Uh, it's very weird. Was there any elite media coverage? None whatsoever. The local newspaper, think about that. Can you imagine your children, Sandy Hook, 26, going to the Super Bowl, the local media never sent a reporter. Hartford Current, Hartford Current never sent a reporter. 
They, they have never, ever appeared on any local or national television stations being interviewed. And you know what? I always wondered about that. Now I know. When you get a gag order and they say you can't talk, but, but how sick is the National Football League? I pay to watch the football. People pay high prices to go to games. And to find out that the National Football League is putting this gag order on innocent children, what is wrong? They, you know what? They met Beyonce. They met Alicia Keys singing the national anthem. They met every professional football player from the 49ers and the Ravens. And they met all the coaches and their children and all the Hollywood movie stars. And now they're told that you can never. And here we are, 2015. We still haven't heard them talking about their great experience or their parents. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you make of all this? What do you, what do you think is going on? Well, I think, I think this me now, and I say this, it's no longer a theory. I don't believe in theories anymore. If anyone can pick up the phone, dial 352-729-2559, I'll tell you the truth. If you want the documents, I'll give them to you. This is the biggest conspiracy ever committed by the United States government. It's a magic trick. It's an illusion. What they have done is played with our hearts and our minds, and they use the national news media as the tool to do it. They brainwashed us, and, and I can prove it. We have the data. We have, and you know what? When we talk to the local news media and taking a look at it as you and I are talking today, my local news media that I used to be on all the time when I was a director of school safety for a school district of 65, they used to come to me all the time. Can you do a news clip? Can you do an interview? But I did it all the time. I was very accessible. Now they don't even return my phone calls. Yeah. I, you know, it, it seems to me that the media, well, I used to think this, is supposed to embrace these types of stories to get to the bottom of it, but nobody really wants to get to the bottom of it. Nobody wants to do anything. Uh, I, I can't figure it out. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people, which is why they're questioning all this. Now, you've been doing this, obviously. Uh, you're not making any money doing this. It's costing you money. It's cost you, I guess you could make the case, your reputation, even though all you're doing is asking questions, and uh, geez, that's what we're supposed to do as Americans, and you know more than most Americans because you're an American by choice, not by accident. You chose to be an American, which is what real Americans are. The real Americans come here from other countries. That's what an American is all about, versus me, for example. I'm an American by accident. I was born here. But what do you think, what do you think you're the next step is that you're going to well, take. Before I go there, I mean, I want you listeners to know, it, I have paid a very, very deep price for this. I've I, been a public servant. I want people to respect me. I want my grandchildren always to know what their grandfather was like. Dave, I've lost my business. I had a company called Children's Safety Institute, and that's helping school district and teachers and parents who have children with autism. I've dedicated my life in helping children with special needs. My son has cerebral palsy. I understand. 
these people have called me a fraud, a liar, they've attacked my wife, my kids. I mean, it is relentless. But what people don't understand, I, have, I come from a German heritage, and I'm stubborn. And when you threaten me, just I hope that if anybody else is listening, if you're threatened, I hope that you don't just cower down and give in, especially when you feel like you have rights. And so the next step is uh, we're going to go back to Hartford, Connecticut. We're going to appear in the Superior Court. We're now actually going to go in front of a judge, and we're going to demand that he direct them to give us the dash cam videos of Lieutenant Sinker with the official date and time stamp. Uh, we want to uh, depose those two witnesses that we spend money on that the uh, school board attorney told them not. I mean, I've never heard of this before. How do you direct my witnesses not to show up? I mean, I thought there'd be consequences for that. And so we're going to go in front of the judge and hopefully that that judge will enforce the laws in the state of Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we that you wanted to mention that we didn't hit on? Now we are going to file, you know, again, they, you know that this is very, very expensive. I don't make money. I don't want to make money, but I need all the help I can. You're looking at fifty to $75,000 to file two federal lawsuits. Wow in federal courts, and we're going to do it here in Florida because we want to do it in a neutral area, not in Connecticut. I think Connecticut is about as corrupt as they come, but we want to file civil lawsuits, and anyone who invests in it and helps us through donations, I promise you, any, any monies that we ever recover, the first rule that I have is to pay back those who donated. This is not about Wolfgang Halbeck. I don't care about money. I'm retired. I have a great... I'm doing good. I have a, I have a nice home, nice family. I get my checks every month, and, and I'm happy. But this is going to take true patriots, true Americans, that really step up and get pissed off now more than ever because this government has hurt so many people nationwide. They created panic and fear, and they need to be held accountable. And the only way we do it is by people donating and trusting us. How could they donate? They need to go to Sandy Hook, uh, www.sandyhookjustice.com. There is a PayPal button there because these people are so vicious and cruel that they have actually shut down my GoFundMe campaign by writing letters to this company calling me a fraud and libeled me. I mean, they have slandered me so bad. So I want to thank you today, Dave, for still hanging in there with me. You went to Newtown, Connecticut. You took the time to see it for what it is. And you know what it felt like when you were sitting in that chair. Yeah, it was not just, yeah, it was weird, not just there, but when we were sitting out in front of the fire station for all that time. It just got a strange feeling, I've got to say. Well, Dave, I've been trespassed now at the Sandy Hook Volunteer Fire Department. I've been trespassed at the United Way Western Connecticut. You were there. I have now been trespassed by the St. Rose Lima Church that I can never come to that church ever again. I mean, I'm Catholic. How do you trespass a Catholic from a Catholic church? You know, I mean, I mean I've been trespassed everywhere I go when I go to Newtown, Connecticut. And you know what? I think this is an example for all the 
quote-unquote journalists out there, I mean, this is how you're supposed to be treated when you're researching something like this. You're not supposed to be liked. You're not supposed to be chumming, chumming up to you know, the politicians or whoever it is you're supposed to be covering. You're supposed to be pissing people off like Wolfgang is doing. And you have pissed off a lot of people and you still got a great attitude. And I'm, I'm happy that I met you. I'm happy that I could publicize this. And let me just say that if anybody wants to, I mean, I know you got to run now. You only have 30 minutes and we're a little bit past half the hour. But if anybody wants to make a quick call, 347-215-7292, 347-215-7292, and ask Wolfgang anything, uh, you got about one minute before he's got to take off. So, and I would advise the listeners to uh, check out, well, geez, you could just do a Google search for Wolfgang Halbig or a YouTube search, and you can check out all this stuff. He's all over the place. And Wolfgang, while we're waiting here for one minute, if somebody wants to call, is anything else that we didn't hit on that you wanted to no, do? No, but you know me, Dave. You got to know me. You've been in my home. And I, I want every one of your listeners, I expect to be held accountable for everything that I say and do. I cannot. I cannot afford to waste people's time. But you know what? This is our America, and our government is ruining it. And until we start asking questions, I mean, our congressmen, I call my own congressmen and senators, they don't even return my phone calls. Yeah. Now, these are the people who are supposed to be my representative. So I think what I'm trying to say to you listeners, we have a huge conspiracy. And I think it needs to be, it needs to be unfolded. And I, I'm telling you, it's bigger than Watergate. It might be. My friend, I appreciate you coming on. I know you got to take off. Wolfgang Halbig, thanks so much for stopping by. And Wolfgang, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Well, folks, you heard it from Wolfgang himself, what's going on here in his investigation. This has been going on, obviously. This December, it's going to be three years that he's been trying to get some answers. Don't know why it is that he can't get any answers, but I would direct you to, besides the usual venues of Google and YouTube, to check out AmericanFreePress.net and in the search bar there, which just is, um, which just works for the site itself. It doesn't go outside the site. That search bar, just type in Wolfgang Halvig, and there's the interviews that uh, we were discussing there's several of them and you can get an idea about what's going on here at sandy hook if you're not not at all familiar with that on that on and on.